Hello and welcome to Bite Positive. These are your hosts, Mari and MD. And today we have a guest. We will be talking to Denise Warner, who is the host of the Lesbian Lounge podcast and whom we had the fortune of meeting during Klexicon in London this weekend. Hey, my name is Denise and I am from mylesbianradio.com and I have had the Lesbian Lounge podcast for about 12 years now. Basically, we uh, we started in 2006 and we wanted to create a welcoming community for those that did not have one. And we're, you know, pretty much all inclusive, LGBTQ, young, old. That was that was the intention that we started with and we uh, and we kind of like full on met that right away. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm I'm super proud of it. So you said that it's it's very inclusive and we were just wondering like has your target audience changed from like when you started it until now? Yeah. De- I definitely feel like when we started, we appealed to mostly lesbians that came out later in life. So we were calling ourselves like the over 40s, you know, the over 40 group. Uh, I guess, uh, honestly, because of um, mine and my co-host, uh, because of our size, we were actually like calling each other the over 40 fatties. And I think that like it was like totally a term of endearment and people really <laughs> embraced it. Because we shared so much of what we each had been through. Like, we shared so much personal stuff, as well as trying to plug and promote, you know, um, everybody's projects and bands and music. And we had a really broad scope, but that, for a while, was 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 our target audience. And then I noticed, after we started doing live events... Uh, where we would interact with people and engage and do and host things and be up on stage and, you know, have booths like, you know, vendor stalls. And and we actually got to meet people. We realized that we were appealing to like a variety, you know, we, that, so we kind of stopped pigeonholing ourselves. We took ourselves a little bit more serious because, you know, from what we were learning was that people were finding us and they were finding us and they were, of us as friends and they were kind of looking sometimes for advice sometimes for entertainment sometimes for latest that was going on in the community we seemed to have our finger on the pulse of things and that was appealing to younger as well as older mm-hmm. and even now that we're not putting up like consistently putting up podcasts every week or every month of our own we're still finding this generation that is tapped in now to podcasts. Like when we started, nobody knew what they were. They were kind of afraid of them. You know, they were, they didn't know, you know, how to find them, how to down, do I download them? Are they taking up space on my hard drive? Can I listen from my phone? Can I, so it was all really, really new. Um, and nowadays everybody's so tech savvy, especially the, the, this younger group, you know, um, they know how to search hashtags and keywords and whatnot. And they, they find us. So, we definitely have younger listeners now, and uh, and I'm uh, you know I'm kind of I'm okay with that. Like I, I felt like it 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 put us on a uh, a better course where we were <laughs> less crass, less crude. Um, like I said, we were just kind of like rolling along, and um, and then we had the, you know people that were actually seeking some guidance and assistance or whatever, and it made us take our work a little bit more serious. You know, like I would spend time researching resources and discussing different places across the globe, really, you know, for people to, to maybe find help or, you know, if they were 
uh, young, you know, where to go for their community centers and how to get involved and, and, and things like that. So, yeah, I think we took we took a little bit of a turn for the better. And so we are in the podcast focusing, of course, on the on the bisexual plus experience. And uh, we were wondering if you had like uh, it's part of your, you know, your audience and, and how is the interaction with this specific community from your from your experience my experience uh, were we getting by listeners was mm -hmm. that the question? yeah yeah and how oh definitely definitely especially um younger kids i think you know the q and <laughs> lgbtq uh starts off as as you know questioning you know they mm -hmm. were curious they they had questions like you know i'm attracted to uh, a classmate or uh you know a, a dorm mate or you know something like does that make me gay You know, and we we really dug into that kind of thing because we didn't want to steer anyone one way or the other. You know, basically our our goal was to let that person know that their feelings were, were legit, that could be a crush. It could be that they were bisexual, could be that they were leaning, you know, uh, towards being gay, that over time they would figure things out and there was no rush and there was no no manual that was going to get them there with their for their answers any sooner quicker you know to to just uh the best thing they could do was talk 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 about it you know like find their community centers find like-minded people find organizations um where they could have a safe space where they could talk freely because eventually they they were going to figure it out Do you engage in any advocacy through your podcast? I think it's always been a backbone um, to advocate for, you know, the entire community. Um, mm -hmm. When we first started out, we were on, uh, we were being broadcast from a website called Gay Internet Radio Live. So the call letters were G-I-R-L. Mm -hmm. One would lead you to believe that it was going to be girls, but it was not. It was, <laughs> it was a dance music station for gay men. But at the time, they were the only ones that gave us a home. I think that they're... Uh, reasoning for it was that they wanted the same things we wanted. They wanted to build a community for everyone, you know, boy, girl, questioning, uh, trans, you know, but it was very, um, it was driven towards the party scene. And we were, first of all, we were a little bit old for that. <laughs> um, second of all, we, we didn't, we didn't want to focus on that part of LGBTQ you know, the, the party part. We wanted to focus on people and a, a broad, all their broad interests, you know, their projects, their passions, you know, that kind of thing. So we were on that station for about three years and um, we weren't, we weren't getting the following, you know, we weren't getting the downloads, I think. And I think that not only they were getting frustrated, but so were we. Hmm. So we bought ourselves a website called My Lesbian Radio And we decided that we were going, you know, we were going to go our separate ways. <laughs> it, it was like a breath of fresh air. You know, we could kind of say what we want and do what we want. And we were getting a lot more inquisitive folks, people that were interested in, in not only just bands, but the information that we were putting out. And we started getting emails. We started getting emails from people, some people that were like us, that maybe have been, were married to men before and had a realization or maybe were dating men and then had a realization and find themselves attracted to, to women. And what we would do is point them in the direction, you know, that would be most helpful. And then we kind of started like get, we started getting 
stuff from trans um, people. We, we, we got involved with um, a, a, a lady named Diane Anderson Minchel, and she was the editor for um, The Advocate online. Mag- it, was, it, was, it, was, it was actually a physical magazine, and then they went to an online, was married to a trans man and, and began doing the advocacy you know, for the trans community. We found ourselves involved in that. So, you know, we were just, I think we, we, we really spread ourselves far and wide when it came to anybody that needed help, you know, and uh, or needed a, a platform, a voice, a forum. Uh, we were there and it didn't matter how you were labeling yourself. We were going to we were going to be there. and We were going to tell you no matter what you are, what you think you might be where you think you might be going, you know, we're there for you. And we have such a loyal base and they're also grateful. So thankful. I mean, I still get emails to this day, you know, of people saying, you know, you guys were there for me at such a difficult time and I really appreciate it. And it just, it really touches you. Kind of a, on a, on a different note, we, we checked out your podcast and you have this special rubric called the lesbian book club. Yeah, definitely. Um, yep. So could you tell us a little bit more about that and how that came about and what, like, also because there's so little high quality queer fiction in general, like, how, yeah. how do you find that stuff? What happened was uh, with, with the Lesbian Lounge, I was, we were broadcasting live for the first, like, five, six years. And then, and we were doing this out of my tiny little apartment in Florida, in the U.S. And, uh, and we realized it was costing us a lot of money. So we went strictly to just recording shows and, and it helped flexibility wise. It helped with, with our schedules um, because the two of us were doing it and we both had very busy lives. It was getting harder and harder to keep Wednesday nights free to broadcast. So we decided to start recording and doing podcasts. And then I got married and moved to England and my co-host stayed in Florida. So we were trying to find ways of keeping it going and and it got harder and harder you know between with the time difference and, and all that and I she just basically said look she said I finally have the job that I've always wanted and that is working with the LGBT community I'm really finding the time to do the podcast difficult and I said don't worry I will continue doing it from here in London and I'll either do it myself or I'll get other people involved or whatever so that's basically how it came about Whereas like it, it all be it, it all be fell on me. So I learned to edit, I learned to produce, I learned to do the podcast on my own. I was having a great time. Um, and then I started working. <laughs> it got harder and harder to carve out the time to do the podcast because I never wanted the quality to change. I always wanted it to be funny, informational, informative. And and that takes work. And it, uh, I was finding uh, it difficult to find the time to do the work. And I just <clears throat> sat back one day and I thought, I have this whole audio stream and I'm only putting up shows of my own. <clears throat> and it felt a little bit selfish. And so I did, you know, a little bit of thinking. It's kind of hard to let, it's like letting your kid go off to college. <laughs> you know, I mean, like I get why parents are upset, you know, why it's difficult because it was like letting go. And um but I really thought about it and I thought one of the most important things to me was, first of all, having a break, find, you know, having somebody believe in us enough to give us a home. Mm-hmm. Um, second of all, someone that took the time to teach us what we learned in, over this mm-hmm. period, you know, for the experience, for the, the lessons, for the technology, uh, for the equipment. <laughs> and I wanted to do that for other people. I wanted to keep the quality. I wanted to, and I just wanted to start... And that's kind of where I'm at now. It's like, so I wanted to start inundating my stream with quality content 
that still had to do with our LGBTQ community. And I went to, I think it was a an author reading kind of thing, um, you know, where authors get up and, and do a little bit of reading from their from their work um, in, in, you know, like a queer space. And I think that was where I met Claire Lydon. Um, and after I met her, you know, I bought a couple of books and I read them and I thought I really like the tone of her books. They're fun, you know, they're romantic, they're fun, they're lesbian fiction, which was a, a tiny niche, you know, it, it really was a couple of years ago. It's really exploded since. Um, so I'm really fortunate that I, um, I, I contacted Claire, I said, let's get together for coffee and have a chat. And I just proposed to her doing a podcast. And she said to me, I have never done anything like this. Like I'm, I'm such, I'm such a writer, you know? And I was like, look, I know it sounds daunting, but I really think you can do this. Like you've got the personality, you've got the voice. It's simple software. I'll walk you through it. It's really easy. I will, you know, if there's anything you don't like, I'll cut it out. You know, we could, we can just do a trial run or whatever. And, um, and this was three years ago. And to this day, once a month, right on time, she's got a, a file in my Dropbox. Like she's she's dedicated. She's committed. She's having fun doing it. Um, she's learned so much. Like now she sends me a file and it's almost all edited. It's like I'm so impressed with with how well she took to it. And her following of readers is huge. And it really translated into listeners. And she's talking to other authors that are writing the same genre. So it's, it's really interesting to hear like what each author's process is and how they got started. And, um, I think that it's something that hasn't been done before. And I think that, that people, like I said, her readers are drawn to it. Um, and then you have the authors that she's interviewing, their readers are, are becoming listeners. So it was all about timing. You know, it was the right time to do it. Um, it's been an absolute success. I hope we can, you know, can continue to do it. Like I said, opening up my stream for other people to put their content on, especially if it's content that they're passionate about, you know, that's the key that, you know, they're passionate enough to make the commitment and they're also well-versed in the topics that they're, that they choose. That's the kind of stuff I'm looking for to flood my stream. And mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I hope like that this, Last this event that we were at this past weekend, um, I I just heard so many fantastic ideas, and I just I just thought to myself like like I got like re excited like excited how I used to be about our show I was just like so excited that there's like a whole new generation of podcasters coming and they're doing such different diverse stuff like what you guys are doing, I mean I would have never thought you know ten years ago that that it, you know, that something like that could, you know, people could, could do that it would translate, I guess, you know what I mean? Um, it's, you know, it's, it's like a form of online therapy where we used to joke about it, you know, like our therapeutic Wednesday nights, you know, like just meaning that you got together with the girls, it was therapy, but you guys are taking it to the professional other level, you know what I mean? So I'm always astounded at the way, um, things are changing and, and, and how it's rounding out. And I just want to uh, make sure that, we're providing a spot for people to be able to do these kinds of really cool things that are happening. 
a little bit of a different question. Um, coming going back to the to the idea of uh, community building and, and the fact that you interacted with so many people over the years and and also helped them at least just find for for them to find the the right uh, type of resources. Is there over the years one story that stayed with you? Actually, there's two stories. I think one of them was a very special listener that um, approached us in our second year. We were doing a Pride Fest in Daytona Beach, Florida, and um, she got with us when we got off stage and introduced herself. And it was somebody that we knew because we had an interactive chat room that would would pop up while we were doing the live show so our listeners could could in, engage and interact with each other and us. Um, and always in there. But, you know, you only knew these people by screen names. We were really blessed to be able to meet her in person. And she told us that she was battling breast cancer and she did not want to worry her 75-year-old father. Her mother had passed away a few years prior. She didn't want to worry her you know, her, her dad, and she did not want to freak out her brother. So she was going through it by herself. And these words that she said, like, just hit Donna and I so hard. Like she, she said, I don't think that I would have come through if I didn't have my Wednesday nights sitting in front of the laptop laughing with you guys. Like I thought that there was nothing to laugh about. And there was never going to be anything to laugh about. So you guys really got me through it. And like, we were so touched. We literally have like just adopted. <laughs> we seriously adopted this woman. And she's been like part of our family up until this day. In fact, I just messaged her this morning. <laughs> like, like she got through her cancer. She became one of our most loyal listeners. She would come to every event she would drive five hours to see us and she just became like family. You know, she would stay with me when she would come to visit. She invested in the station. She invested in the show. She really, really believed in us and, and she just became so special. And then the, the other one, I think, was an email that came through and I, I think we read it on the air. It was probably like 2007 and it was one of the first ones, it was one of the first of many that we got that kind of had the same tone to it. And it was from a youngster who was, I think she said she was 17 and she was living in Midwestern America where, where she had no gay friends. There was nothing gay anywhere. And it was like kind of like rural farmland. <clears throat> and she found us on the internet and said that has, it made such a difference to her to know that there were people like her uh, and she actually considered us her friends, like her gay friends. And mm -hmm. she looked forward to, um, you know, the shows and the podcasts because she could put us in her ears and take us wherever she was going and feel like she had friends with her. You know, I remember reading it and out of the two of us, Donna's the crier. She'll cry over anything. And I just remember her trying to get through reading that email and just really tearing up and like looking at me and it was like the first time that, you know, like I was so touched and I hate that part of myself coming out on the show, but I was so emotional too. And I think we both said it on the show is it like, that is exactly what we set out to do and to know that we were doing it. And even if it was from this, just this one person, we'd be thrilled, but we do get a lot of emails like this. And so we finally, I think it was like, it allowed us to take a breath and say, what we're doing is working. Like mm -hmm. we're reaching people. They're getting it. 
they know that we're here for them. They know, and, and it was just like a, a moment, I guess. And, and we like still carry that with us. And, and I just, I was telling Kristen Baker, who was a speaker at many of the panels this past weekend, but we've been friends for a long time. And, um, I was talking to her on my way out and I was saying that I still, I just got an email maybe uh, a year ago from a girl that was in in the Ukraine that was asking if we had merchandise because she couldn't find anything queer. She wanted, you know, like a a t-shirt or a pen or a button or anything. Um, And I just found it like, like it, it just moved me again. Like, you know, it's just incredible the reach that a podcast can have. It's no joke. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it is just absolutely incredible when you, especially when you don't, when it dawns on you that it's happening, you know, like, I think that's like the greatest, the, the greatest feeling like, oh my God, this is working. This is, this is so great. It's actually working. And kind of going off of that as well, what you just said, what you talked about, you know, you, you lived in the U.S., now you live in the U.K. Are the the queer communities, and I guess the, the lesbian community included, are they different from country to country? Do you feel a certain, yeah, a certain <laughs> cultural difference maybe, or is it more I uniform? Just, I'll tell you the funniest thing. I said I said to my wife uh, as we were leaving the, <laughs> the convention this past weekend, I said, isn't it funny no matter where you go, what country you're in, like you just know your people. I don't, I don't think there's a lot of differences. Like, I just think we're a peculiar type and we find each other, you know, find your tribe, love them hard. And, uh, and that's what we do no matter where you go. Like I've, I, I wasn't a big, uh, traveler, believe it or not, for somebody that's actually living in, in the UK. Um, <laughs> I didn't even like to drive like four hours to Key West. I did not really like to, to do the traveling thing. So if you would have asked me, um, you know, like when I was in my twenties or even my, my thirties, if I thought I'd be living in another country, I would have laughed in your face. You know, when I first got here in the first year, we did uh, a lot of traveling because it was also new to me. You know, we went to Copenhagen, we went to Amsterdam, we went to Dublin, we went to Barcelona. You know, we were we were just like just eating it up. You know, like it was it was so fun. And my wife is from Australia. We just had such a blast. And I feel like everywhere we went and it's just like if you're in a grocery store and you're walking by and you just have a vibe, whether it's the way somebody's dressed or, you know, the way they're wearing their hair or maybe they have a tiny little rainbow pin on or they have a, you know, a tattoo of one of, you know, uh, one of the one of the different community flags, anything like that. And you just kind of have that little eye contact and maybe a, a tiny little <laughs> nod. It's a language we speak <laughs> without saying a word. It's like that wherever you go. And I just think that it's really cool. Like, I, it really is. Like, I just, uh, I love I love that about us. I mean, sometimes it's frustrating, but I love that about <laughs> Sometimes we're a frustrating group, but I love that about us, that we are, um, you know, we, we've got our own language and we, we will find each other always. If you have any sort of words of wisdom to share from where you are right now, from, uh, you know, having been to Klexicon this weekend, having seen, like you said, this new generation of people who are doing new things, like just something for our listeners as well. I, I remember getting, um, there were, there were such highs and lows in the last uh, 12 years, you know, the first four or five years were so exciting. And, uh, you know, especially when we started getting asked to do live events, there was a, uh, a growing confidence that wasn't there in the beginning. You know, we were, we were actually quite comfortable uh, not being on camera, not being seen, you know, maybe because of our size or, you know, because of the fact that we were older, 
lesbians. We weren't these cool, like L word, chic, mm-hmm. shame kind of lesbians. You know, we were, you know, <laughs> we, we were just a couple of uh, older, late coming out, you know, uh, lesbians hanging out. And uh, we got more comfortable and more confident as we went on. And it was one of the things that I didn't think would ever happen to me as a person to feel confident enough to be in front of a crowd, you know, my size, my look, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not one that dresses up. I don't, uh, you know, I, I don't really own anything. Like I barely own button down shirts. Like I'm just a t-shirt and jeans kind of girl. So I've just had to become comfortable with that. And I think that you really, if you can start off that way, instead of going through like a darker period, you know, where you're filled with self-doubt and even if it's self-loathing, you know, I just think that if you embrace who you are and, uh, get, you know, take the time to get to know yourself and, and, uh, find that confidence, you know, and it, it, maybe it does come from finding your tribe, you know, finding the, finding the community group, finding the, um, you know, the, the spoken word things or, you know, whatever it is that you're into, you know, don't be ashamed of it. Like the, God, that was one of the things I came away from Clexicon was, is like, what a convention of geeks and nerds. And, and, <laughs> you know, it was just, but it was so cool that it was, you know, everybody could just be themselves. Like, you know, if you're sitting at your office job at your desk and here you are like this huge Supergirl fan, you're not going to lean over to the guy next to you and be like, did you see Supergirl last night? You know, you know what I mean? But you could do that at this convention and be totally cool with it. And I just thought it was like, I thought, Oh my God, all these people are going to come away from this event and really any event, like a pride fest, um, you know, women's festival, anything like that. You come away from that event feeling a certain way. And I think like, if you, can find a way to carry that feeling with you everywhere, whether you're at work or in the grocery store, mm-hmm. washing your car, taking your pet to the vet. You know, if you come away with that same feeling, like I've just been myself for the past weekend and it's felt awesome, mm-hmm. like carry that with you everywhere you go and your confidence builds and you do start feeling really good about yourself and you will be, it, it just it exudes from you. And it's just a, a really cool thing if you can learn that early on and not when you're, 45 like I did (laughs) (laughs) yeah we can certainly relate to that (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know and I you know I think a lot of people uh confuse that feeling with when they come out you know like they're so full of gusto when they come out you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and then there's so many things that are working against them that will slowly chip away at that feeling don't let it you know Mm -hmm. don't let it keep that gusto with you you know when you come you know when when you come we that's out and proud you know you know what I mean like take that pride with you take that pride that you feel after a festival and keep it with you you know be be proud of yourself to know what feels right to you and and keep it with you yeah don't let anybody take that away from you ever you know I mean there's there's so much crap in the world and bullying and political shit and and all kinds of strife out there um that will chip away at it but man like don't let it the best thing you could do you know I mean Use it as a a, a a shield of of armor. You know, like it's just it's a fantastic feeling. You just you know focus on that. I agree entirely. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool thing. Man, if they if they could just make a pill. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah. That's why I say get started early on that kind of thing. Like you don't don't let it wait till you're later in life to find it. You know, don't 
don't uh, let it come from some, you know, from someone else and don't let it come from your successes and your failures. You know, it's, it, it's, uh, it's, it's not about that. It's just about being proud. Building your own, your own identity in yeah. a positive way. And I can completely relate. I mean, I, I haven't like, come out super early either. Not in my 40s, uh, because I haven't reached them yet. Um, <laughs> but it was already in my 30s. But that, yeah, that's about what, you know, I, I, mm. I came out, I think, at 29, you know, going mm. into my 30s. And, but I was married. I was married to a straight man. It was, diff it was, a, it was a tough choice, you know. Mm. Um, you know, big Italian-American family. I'm both, you know, his family, my family. So it was, it was a little bit scary. And I, I, I have to say I was extremely fortunate because, you know, they were uh, all a very supportive group. And to this day, I'm still like really, really good friends with my ex-husband. He's more like a brother now. You know, it's a risk you take. And um, but still, it's still something to be proud of that you did it. You did it at all, you yeah. know. Yeah, no, no. And it's, it's certainly something that a lot of our listeners talk to us about. I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, it, you guys have it, you know, like a, a huge task ahead of you because of, you know, the, there's a lot of there was I should say there was I don't know that there is as much now. Maybe you guys could answer that. Mm -hmm. But it felt like there was for a while there was a stigma with the gays and the lesbians and then a, uh, towards towards uh, bisexuals. You know, like I remember when I, when I was like really early on. Like I said, I, when I came out, I was like 29. So like when I was in my early 30s, 31, 32, I felt myself like being biphobic. Like, well, if I date her, there's a risk of her leaving me for a guy and a girl. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, wow. So I remember being like a little bit reluctant. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and then as I got older, you know, as you get older, you get wiser and you hear more stories, more talk, more people because that's what you do. <laughs> um, but I, I just realized how wrong it was. It was just not fair. And, uh, and I thought, wow, you know, like that, I, I couldn't be the only one thinking like that then. Yeah, it's very common. It's a very, very yeah. common stereotype in fear, which yeah. is, I mean, it's also a natural reaction, but it's then for education that you can understand that, no, there's no more chances to be cheated on or left by a bisexual person than uh, a monosexual person. Right. So I did, I did uh, mm. kind of change and, I, and, and it did come from being around more, like being more involved with my community. Mm. Uh, and that's the, what it is. It's always a learning process, <laughs> uh, keeping an open mind and um, listening to people. And uh, yeah, so like I had like an, a, um, you know, an epiphany that, my God, like, how could you be, you know, one of these people that is always talking about, like, you know, embracing everybody and being inclusive. And here you are with these thoughts rolling around your head. This is so wrong. But it, it really became, um, I think it was like just from building relationships, you know, whether they were friends or, you know, sexual relationships, intimate relationships, you know, with bisexual people and going, oh, my God, like, how could I have been so wrong? <laughs> yeah, lightning. But yeah, yeah. but, and, you know, and the same thing went with, uh, with, trans, with um, transgender people. Like I had a roommate move in as a girl and three years later move out as a guy. Mm -hmm. It was, it, it, but I was like so interested in the process. Like it was so interesting. <laughs> wow. Mind blown. Really, really great relationships with all kinds of people. Like I'm, I'm very fortunate to say I have like quite a diverse circle of friends mm -hmm. that I'm, I'm so proud of and I, and I'm so happy and grateful to know them because I've learned so much. So and it's heartwarming also for, for us because to, to, to hear that, because the stigma is still there, um, maybe not as much, but it's still there. Right. 
and yeah. and there's still this fear of you know um, coming out or talking to to a to a lesbian or a gay man that they're going to reject us. Yeah, right. So so having hearing that uh, is always I mean it's validating and it's reassuring to know that yes we do belong to the same community and and we we should uh, stick together. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I can't stand when there's any strife. Like when there was that whole thing with the, uh, you know, um, le you know, the lesbians at uh, at Pride, you know, being upset with with each other. You know, like it's just uh, I don't like when there's any strife. Like I'm all about unity in the community. Now, mm -hmm. you know what I mean. But now, I'll tell you, that's not usually like you said because of fear and and you know just being uneducated that uh, it wasn't you know my first my first reaction wasn't as uh, welcoming and embracing it and it's really taken you know some time and and take you know you have to you, you have to delve in like you got to get educated you know and, and talking to people is the best way to do it you know I love listening to different people's experiences now whereas before I'd just be like get to the point <laughs> <laughs> so now I like to hear the stories behind things so I think it's um you know it's really We're just we're at a time now, I think, where uh, younger people are not as closed minded as like I was when I was younger. That's the really cool thing is that we have such a good a good start. Like I just see positive things happening, you know, for for the future because, you know, because of the relationships I've built and the, and the people that I've surrounded myself with and, and now understand, you know, you can't be afraid of learning and growing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really important. So thank you so much for for talking to us, and I think, as MD said, it's it's very heartwarming to hear that uh, from you, and also having met you and spoken to you during Clexicon this week, and we felt very much accepted and and very much um, as part of this larger geek community. Yeah, both both geek and queer, both geek and queer, which is a great combination. More people should should try that out. It really um, is. I swear to God, I feel like they created that little emoticon with the glasses just for us. <laughs> you know, it was like, it, that's what I, 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 I was just like, I was so overwhelmed. It was just like such a great positive experience. Like, you know, meeting you guys, sitting on these incredible panels, sneaking in and listening, you know, to all the different ones. I mean, I just, I just, uh, it, it was really like, you know, boom, mind blown. Really mm -hmm. fantastic, and I'm so glad I had the opportunity to have you guys on the panel that I was moderating because it was uh, I thought that went really really well, and you guys were fantastic. I'm so impressed with with uh, your ideas and and what you're achieving and, and your successes. It's fantastic. Oh, thank you very thank very you. much, <laughs> and we hope to see you on there next year. Hopefully, if if that happens, I um, know. I Really looking forward to it already. I'm kind of like I'm super stoked. <laughs> Then um, hope to speak to you at some point in the future. Yeah, you guys have a great afternoon. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a pleasure. That's it for this episode. Please follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. Follow us on SoundCloud and iTunes. And we will be talking to you next week. Bye.